Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will. That's Blake. And today we're here to talk a little critical role. A little BM. 69. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> we're going to talk a little B&B today. A little B&B? A little B&B. What's that? Bread and butter. Oh, okay. A little D and D B and B. Ooh, it's too many. We're getting too many letters now. <laughs> it's perfect. We're gonna be talking about some FCG in our D and D B and B. Ooh, yes, we are. Of layers to this. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the channel, fam. We're gonna be talking a little, uh, little D and D today. A little critical role. So, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, I feel like I frequently talk about coffee, so I'm going to continue that trend. I made a cup and forgot, which is something I've done before. And mm-hmm. uh, so I just drank it, and it's well past my normal cutoff. So I'm going to be paying for that later tonight, I'm sure. I, w- I want some of you regulars to help me here, but Will, I feel like this... <laughs> you talk about your cutoff time and how... You know, it feel like you imply how rare it is <laughs> that you pass your cutoff cutoff time. Yet I feel like more often than not, you are having that second cup after that time. Listen, what am I supposed to do? Just Throw waste it? it? Just waste it? Pour it down the drain? Throw it in a glass and put it in the fridge, bro. Little yeah. little ice brew for tomorrow. Yeah, I guess I could have yeah. done that. I guess I could have done that. And you're a you're a Keurig kind of guy. I mean, not by like. I, yes, but not because I'm like Team Keurig. It's just like what we have. I wish I had something fancier. It'd be weird if someone was like that, I guess. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Which uh, cool. it's What's starting to it's starting to act up though. So I need. To, I think we either need to get a new one or need to get something else. Um, I usually just get like the Walmart brand. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I think I I I oscillate between breakfast blend. And donut shop. Those are my, my two typical go-tos. A little adventurous with your coffee, huh? I mean, not really. Because there's like all those flavored ones, you know. But since I'm just a, a black coffee guy, I, I stay away from those. Is it fair to call this just black coffee, though? These sound pretty pretty flavored in and of themselves. The breakfast blend, you know, it's just like a, the blend of, of the... I wanted to say kernels. What are they called? Beans, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm right. gonna. But some of them are like French vanilla, and they have like actual like flavors in them. But uh, okay. I stay away from those. Okay, all right. I'm just curious about this, about this breakfast blend. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, Rocco. Okay. Cool. But did I ask you how you were doing? How are you doing? I'm doing Can't okay. Remember. It's been yeah, it's been busy. You know, it's busy, a little stressful. You know? Yeah. We're always we're always trying to figure out how to. How to survive, pay the yeah. bills. Yeah, it's so, going around. Yeah, <laughs> it's best best part of my life. You know, the existential dread of can I can I eat tomorrow? <laughs> Keeps you on your next... toes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tell my kids. Can we eat today? And hopefully the answer <laughs> is yes. So <laughs> funny because otherwise it would be so sad. Right, right. So, of course, yeah. you have to laugh to not cry. Sometimes that's true. Just, true. That's just life. Yeah. So um, announcements announcements 
um, Wizard Witch Wild One penultimate episode. Discussion yes. coming on that soon. Um, have you listened to it yet? I haven't finished it. Super good. Great episode. So yeah, we'll have that coming. Um, um, we still are planning on doing a Dagger Heart video, but that's yes. probably not going to happen before I have to go out of town. So that means it's probably not going to happen for like at least two <laughs> weeks or so. I don't know if you're going to say it means it's probably not going to happen. And I was <laughs> like, I oh, know it's the Witcher all over again. <laughs> Witcher season three. I'm probably going to try on my flight. So yeah, I don't know okay. if I'll like if it'll. I mean, I, I think I'm going to watch it. You know, I got to send Henry yeah. off but with his correct <laughs> fanfare. But, sure. you know, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Have you uh, you haven't seen it yet? Do you plan on even watching it at all? No, I don't. I actually got rid of my Netflix subscription, so I'd have to I'd have to watch it through other means. Yeah. To well, that is that is possible, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix does games now. Did you know this? No, maybe maybe we could talk about this. I don't want to distract us too much, like in our next pixel bits or something. But yeah, um, like, I don't know if you ever heard of the game Oxenfree. Yes, I have. So it's a little indie game for those of you that aren't aware. I played it several years back. I really liked it. If you like those type of uh, story driven kind of indie games. Anyway, Oxenfree 2 recently came out and I saw that it's on Netflix for free. I mean, you can still buy it on Steam or whatever. Um, I've never played a game through Netflix. so I don't really know how that works, but. Apparently it's a thing. They have games. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, All right. Well, (laughs) are we ready to rock them? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Unless there's anything else, but I don't think there is. Yeah. Okay. Well, for you guys listening, before we dive into one of our deep dive discussions on the latest Critical Role episode, we'd like to do a little recap. You know, it's a long, these can be long episodes. We'd like to update you guys on what happened. Uh, And then what we do is we cut that out and we post it as a separate video on the channel. Uh, So if you're watching just that recap video, hello, uh, and click the link in the description to be able to see the whole episode discussion. And also we want to know what you guys think. So feel free to jump into that discussion and um, give us your thoughts. And also just a quick plug, plug for the discord. We do have our watch parties in the discord. Everybody's welcome. Come chat with us. Uh, We'll be active in there um, leading up to Thursday's episode. Yeah, and something? I was just going to say, we had a few uh, people come through that uh, explicitly cited your welcome message. So, yeah, come come hang out, y'all. We always love yeah. it when new people come around. So Yeah, you're always welcome. So, except for you, Joe. You're not welcome. Freaking Joe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let me grab my little, my little notes here. Where are my notes? Where did I put these things? Where are you notes? Here you are. All right, so episode number 69, a cursed episode, or maybe a blessed one. Episode 69 called Nice. Nice. And uh, this episode opens up with the party has a pretty good idea of what they want to do, where they want to go. I either at the start of this episode or towards the end, they're going to determine to eventually um, go to one of our um, two D lettered characters. But before they can do that, they have to wait a day to get their charges back on their um, teleportation staff that they took from Ludinus's tower. So they're talking, they're thinking, okay, what should we actually do today? What are our options? And 
There's a couple. The party's going to decide to eventually split up here. Um, part of the party, Chetney, Laudna, and Imogen. Um, Chetney notices some um, people who are par- not parasailing, uh, hang gliding um, over Zephra, and they're like, let's go do that. So they're going to head off that direction to have a little bit of fun for the day. Uh, meanwhile, Orem really would like to visit his, his family and more importantly, um, to see the graves of his father, um, father-in-law, uh, Derig and, uh, his husband, Will. Also during this time, um, Ashton is sort of as like they're splitting up, uh, Ashton actually takes a moment where he sort of take steps aside and as Talison describes it has a bit of a panic attack just like thinking about really everything that Keyleth just shared with him that he's a titan of blood and um it's in having sort of this moment of a panic attack and kind of recomposing himself that um they notice the rocks on the ground seem to vibrate and almost like a heartbeat kind of resonate with his breaths almost like some kind of communication that's happening there. Um, despite all of this, uh, they sort of recompose themselves and they head off to catch up with the party. They do actually sneak over to um, Fanny Z's place, the clothing store, and Ashton gets his uh, new outfit, which um, I don't remember the exact details on it. I think there was definitely like a couple of um, showings of the Hishari symbol. I think there was like some brass and some black, but bottom line, fantasy asks Ashton, you know, how do you feel? And Ashton says, I feel seen, uh, which was just a very cool line from Taliesin. Um, we cut over to Orem who, um, goes over to, um, uh, see Nell and also during this time as well, um, it's either it's either Fern or FCG who talks about how stressed they are. I think it's Fern, and FCG is like, "You wanna you wanna smoke?" Um, and they begin to smoke. <laughs> uh, FCG, I think at one point says he's smoking through his ear or something. I don't know, but uh, so they're smoking. Orum's also like trying to converse with Nell, like despite the smoke around them. Uh, they do ask questions like, "Hey, um, what do you think of the gods?" Like, Nell, are you religious? And Nell's like, "No, not not quite, not exactly." Um, they talk. Um, Nell also asks about Orum and is like, "Yeah, give me the details." Um, you know, Orum's too humble to brag about himself. Like, how's he been doing? And FTG jokes about um, Orum being really great, but that he he can fall off things. He can kind of lose his balance. And they joke about the skyship that he fell off of in a previous episode. All this to say, they eventually decide to go to Will and Derek's graves. Um, Nell leads them out into this um, valley that is beset between the mountains around Zephra. And they eventually find this pasture with um, hundreds of um, like cairn stones that have been stacked and like these memorials and sort of like makeshift uh, tombstones even that have been set across this valley. Um, I honestly can't do justice to Liam's basically monologue as he's talking to Will and Derek. It is very somber. He basically apologizes that he didn't visit the last time he was here and talks about um, specifically to Will how much he loves him and how much he misses him and how what they're doing is for the greater good it's so much bigger than just the two of them um and 
basically has this line that says where he says, um, you know, I don't know when I'll be back or if I'll be back. And it's just this incredibly beautiful moment from um, Liam. Um, and I think Fern even like pipes in like and says something like, you know, so he says like, I'll see you soon. And Fern's like, but not too soon. Right. Um, to which Orem's like, you know, it's all it's all pretty, pretty brief in the grand scheme of things. Um, separate from that, we cut back over to team hang gliding, uh, Chetney, Laudan and Imogen, they go to this hang gliding thing and it kind of has like the feel of like when you're like on a tourist destination and you go like bungee jumping or you see the people who are doing like the, um, the, uh, the, it is like bungee jumping, like the little, it's bungee jumping. I can't think of what I'm trying to describe it as something else, but, um, you know, there's a couple of instructors. I think one of them quotes them five gold and the other one, other instructors like, oh, well, uh, you know, here's our other package. It's 20 gold and, you know, you get to ride around, you get to keep your goggles. Um, it's gonna be really great. Uh, they end up basically eventually doing this. And um, whereas with Orem, we had this very somber, serious interaction. This is high octane episode 69 shenanigans chaos demons uh, yes <laughs> they are flying all over the place matt is asking for um strength checks in fact at one point um chetney and ladna are like kind of dog fighting and like flying around each other and ladna's doing um like sparks in the sky to create like this like fun effect and even people down below are like even watching this like seeing this happen and at some point one of the flight instructors like Okay, we're done with this. This is getting this is getting way out of hand. Uh, to which um, you know begins to like steer Laudna's hang glide or hang glider back. Laudna takes back over, um, and like I said, it's just pure shenanigans. Um, they eventually do make it back in one piece, no crashing, even though it was close on Chetney's side of things. Uh, I would say just watch our video on this whole um, interaction because it's pretty great. Um, but then after, once the flying's done, uh, the party reconvenes and they're like, where should we go now? And, uh, Liam, or excuse me, um, uh, Orem mentions a bar called the Airy Irie. That's really popular. That would be a great place just to unwind and relax. Um, they go to this bar, they begin to drink and they have a conversation that honestly is like most of their conversations lately, they start talking about the gods and what they think about them. And they even talk about FCG. Like, could FCG be like a latent, like God of some kind? Like his connection is pretty interesting. Um, and also with this, Orm finally asked Chetney uh, about his toy career. And he's like, are you famous, dude? Like, did you <laughs> had no idea? Um, but there is one conversation that's pretty interesting. Um, Laudna actually kind of steals away for a moment and speaks to essentially Delilah deep within her and says, are you still there? Like, I, is that you? Um, are you still around? Um, she gets no response, but later as they're wrapping up for the night um, and Ladna kisses Imogen and says goodnight to Imogen as she's walking away, she hears a voice in her mind that says, no matter who you pray to, no matter who you reach for, you are and will always be mine uh and then we go to break so you want to take it from there my friend yes sir well done so we pick up in the second half with the crew kind of still celebrating drinking um and chetney actually uses his new sword to light one of fern's cigarettes 
And uh, as he does this, the sword speaks to him telepathically, and it warns him that the ruler of this city is trying to deceive him, along with the rest of the council. Do not trust the voice of the Tempest. The party <clears throat> then kind of wraps things up and heads to Orem's mom's house to crash for the night. Uh, but before bed, Fern does decide to scry on Dancer. Um, and so she scries, and she gets this vision of a street uh, past sunset, and can actually see Dancer kind of stumbling and catching herself on a nearby wall. She's drunk. And she has a metallic creature on her shoulder and also one following behind her. Um, she keeps walking, I think throws up, and Fern basically recognizes the city around her as Eos. Uh, and that's when the vision ends. So she tells the party, <clears throat> and they decide we should probably head there tomorrow after we talk to Keyleth. Uh, Orem also tries the Sending Stone with Caleb, uh, but it doesn't work. And Laudna checks the Treshy Scribe Orb, which is dark, and then everyone goes to sleep. Uh, we have our long rest. It's the next morning, and the party gets up and heads to go see Keyleth. Um, <clears throat> kind of on their way, Chetney tells everybody, like, hey, I don't trust this girl. Um, and the sword once again warns him, like, hey, be on guard. So <laughs> they arrive to Keyleth. They tell her... Uh, their plans and uh, kind of just get back up to speed with one another. And she says, you know what? You guys have proven yourselves very capable and you know, you have the ability to teleport because of the staff, whenever you're ready and you feel comfortable, perhaps you could go to Ruidus and kind of see what's up and maybe come back and, you know, let me know. And uh, they're like, yeah, I think we're ultimately headed that direction. Um, you know, but for now we need to go to Eos and Keyless like, you know what? I need to leave and go talk to some of my contacts. So what if I go to Eos with you? And then from there I can teleport you guys to the shattered teeth. Um, because the party also wants to go there, but they can't teleport themselves there because they've never been there. Um, <clears throat> so that's the plan. And Keyless like, okay, just give me a minute to go tell the guards what's going on. And also, kind of get into my less conspicuous get up. And so Keyleth uh, actually transforms into just like a normal looking, I believe human, um, which we later come to find out will be Kimothy Chalamet, um, but just kind of an unassuming disguise. So the voice <laughs> right. of the Tempest isn't, you know, accosted while she's traveling. Um, while this kind of whole conversation, whole encounter is going on, Chet has been like very suspicious and the sword is like talking to him. And telling him, like, don't trust her. She's lying. Um, but ultimately, they all gather. And um, Imogen actually has given the staff to FCG. So the FCG will be the one to teleport them to Eos. Uh, because he's fam more familiar, I guess, um, was the idea. So FCG is the one teleporting. Uh, Matt has Sam roll a D100 for teleportation during the solstice. And he actually rolls a 1. So everyone gets stuck in the liminal space between teleports and they all take 22 force damage. Um, <clears throat> Sam rolls again. This time it's a 51. So they do ultimately poof and find themselves on the streets of Eos. Uh, it's early morning here and the streets are very quiet. So the party uh, then follows Fern because she remembers from her scry which direction the city was in. Um, until they get to what they believe to be the correct district, and then FCG casts Locate Creature on Dancer, and uh, they begin leading the rest of the way. 
Um, while they're traveling, the sword once again is talking to Chet, being like, all right, you know, wait for your chance, maybe kind of lag behind, get her by herself, and then make your move. Um, he ultimately doesn't do anything. Uh, and we arrive to this building, and FCG's like, she's in this building on the second floor. So they try to formulate a plan of, of what to ultimately do here. And um, <clears throat> this includes Keyleth uh, wild shaping into a small mouse. Uh, but they ultimately decide to send Imogen up alone at first, since Sansor doesn't know who Imogen is. However, she goes upstairs, and it's just a long hallway with a bunch of closed doors. So FCG comes to join her and able to pinpoint which door due to the locate creature. So Imogen then knocks, and after a bit of flirty persuasion, uh, actually gets Dancer to come open the door. It's at this point that FCG reveals that they are also there, and Dancer freaks out. Um, but they quickly cast calm emotions on her and have a conversation. Um, one of the first things that happens is FCG asks who this metallic creature is that uh, they don't recognize. And Dancer says it's Pussy the Second. And uh, Pate and uh, Pussy actually get into a little bit of an altercation. Um, but FCG says they're here because uh, we need help and we also want to help you you've noticed all this craziness going on with the moon, right? Like we're trying to fix all of that and save the world essentially. Right. And, um, FCG's like, we, I even have friends that could maybe heal your arm, help you regrow it. And dancer says, I, I don't need to be fixed. You know, I've learned a lot from putting this arm together and it's a reminder of, you know, be careful of who you trust. And FCG's like, well, I really can't like move on until I close this chapter with you. So like, I, I'm not asking for your forgiveness, but I just am asking for a chance to do good for somebody else. And Dancer says that, you know, if you came for help, like I'll do what I can, but there's nothing I can do to make you feel better about like what you're hanging on to. And FCG says, okay, well, we'll treat this like a job. Uh, we'll pay you for your help. And then we never have to talk again. And Dancer says, deal. So they then tell her about this harness <clears throat> that they came to get her advice on. Um, and FCG actually casts Lesser Restoration on Dancer because she was still super hungover. Uh, and so once that happens, she's like, okay, um, well, let me go downstairs, meet the rest of your party, and take a look at this thing. So they do just that. And after looking at it, she knows quickly that she needs s some help with this. And she says, specifically, I need to get Imahara Joe's advice. Um, he's more classically trained. And together, we can probably figure this thing out. So they need to get back to Basarus. Um, <clears throat> boom, that's the plan. They're like, okay, Keyleth, can you take us there? We need a tree. So they're on the move to find a tree in Eos. And as they're traveling, none other than Shithead arrives once again. This bird <laughs> with a vengeance against FCG, who we last saw here in Eos. Uh, he swoops in, takes a deuce on FCG. and Classic. Yeah, and basically combat begins, uh, but Fern basically one-shots this thing with a Scorching Ray. Uh, but as you recall, like last time, it revives. And so it begins to revive. FCG grabs it and tries to like shove it in his chassis. And um, as it's like reviving... Like eating it or something. Yeah, some <laughs> they don't <laughs> know what to do with or... this thing. Yeah, And uh, Imogen actually kills it again with Shocking Grasp. And while it's reviving this next time, Fern casts Speak With Animals and speaks to it. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what's your goal? And it says it just like hates FCG. It seems unworthy and it pisses them off. 
Um, and <laughs> FC FCG's like, like, who is your master? Like, why do you do this? And um, the bird can't remember because it's been such a long time. Um, but yeah, it's master is dead and it can't die. So I just, I hate FCG. I live to mess with FCG. Um, the bird actually then gets free, uh, but FCG casts turn undead on it, which Laudna also has to make the saving throw for, um, she does, uh, the bird does not. And so it just disintegrates and will not be reviving. So FCG is glad to kind of get that done with dealt with, um, Meanwhile, Keyleth and Dancer are like, what is happening here? And yeah. Keyleth, <laughs> Keyleth thinks they're all very strange, but fun. And she says that she used to have friends like this and that she's really missed this. Um, they then are approaching the college because that is where some trees are. And they actually get accosted by a guard as they try to like get into the college area. And Fern's like, I'm Professor Calloway. Don't you know who I am? And they're ultimately like, hey, we just need to like look at that tree over there. Can you just like let us go look at the tree? And uh, the guard's like, okay, fine, but that better be all you do. And uh, Ashton actually makes like an intimidation check and is like, I'm going to remember you because like for like yeah. trying to mess with <laughs> us. And I think the guard's name was yeah. Stanley. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, they go to the tree. Keyleth casts um, the, the plant striding spell, which I can't remember what it's called for some reason. And uh, they head to Basarus. And that is where the episode ends. Once again, episode 69 of campaign three nice and a link to our full discussion as a reminder will be in the description below so come check that out nice nice i was cool. <laughs> it was so funny when i saw that they named the episode that <laughs> it was just perfect yeah yeah um man fun episode some hijinks for sure and yes. uh you know a classic liam o'brien amazing role play moment as well um dude is the master yeah. so where do you want to start today oh man i don't even know <laughs> uh i guess i guess there's not necessarily too much to say on it but the freaking chaos portion of the episode with the <laughs> with the sky sails and stuff i yeah. was i was joking that they're gonna get or I'm demoted. It'll no longer be savior yeah. blade due to their hijinks. Yeah. Um, that, that moment was just so fun. I, uh, I can't wait to hopefully one day see that animated. Cause I think that'll just be just perfect. Especially, I think somebody in the discord said it would be hilarious if it was like juxtaposed with Orum scene, like, and it just kept cutting back between the two scenes. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so smart. I, I thought that, that would be amazing. <clears throat> Yeah, um, there's some. There are some really great insights or jokes in the Discord. By the way, um, there was one that I loved. Oh man, I need to, I need to find it so I can give this person credit. By the way, um, and I don't think I can find it in the moment. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say to you, I'm sorry that I'm not going to give you credit because I wasn't expecting to reference it. <laughs> but um, last episode when Keyleth, we're doing the live the watch party. Keyleth said something about like attacks on temples and someone uh -oh. in our discord did the meme of like the side eye bear, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the, you know, the party having attacked the Dawnfather temple. <laughs> um, so there's some good, some good jokes that come out of there, but yeah, it'd be fun to see that. Um, the whole thing, the whole, uh, the other thing I liked about this whole interaction was like the random items that also came into play 
like the horn of alarm and then yes. uh Chetney's butcher's bib that he was wearing as well so it was the, fun. the horn of alarm was such a great callback in that moment um that whole section was just so funny and how how perfect to be in episode 69 which um uh, it's, i don't know if we talked about it or not last episode um but historically there's been some sad episode 69s so it was it was fun to have a more of a lighthearted one but like you just you know referenced with Orem's moment um not that i get not that that was like sad sad but it was you know just a heartfelt type of moment and then i guess yeah. we did have delilah resurgence which we already knew she was back supposedly from the bordor moment but yeah um <clears throat> supposedly delilah yeah you want to you want to talk about that? You have, yeah. you think uh, maybe not? Well, well, I, I know in the watch party, I was like, just watch guys. It's Vecna. <laughs> um, and then our man, um, our man, um, Sai, he also talked about the voice being different, but also that it wasn't Vecna's voice. So I guess in the this, you know, Occam's Razor, it was just the way Matt role played it. It was just slightly different. But what if it's not Delilah and it's something else? Um, like what? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 here for you know the crazy theories, but I think it was I I think it was just Delilah for my money. That's the simplest explanation <laughs> for the small-minded. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, but no, yeah, I mean, let's just assume it is Delilah. Um, the door seemingly reopened by her killing uh, Bordor. Yeah. Where where do we go from here that doesn't feel rehashed territory, that it doesn't feel like, you know, oops, all Delilah, you know, yeah. like somehow Delilah returned. You've seen... <laughs> you know, campaigns one and two, how do you feel about the resurgence of Delilah? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it in terms of somehow Palpatine returned type of scenario. Um, I am interested to see like what Matt does with, does with it, where it goes from here. Um, cause like you said, we, we kind of had this vanquished Delilah arc, which I've even at the end of that, I think most people felt like she wasn't fully dealt with um, like that. There was room for <clears throat> something like this to happen. Um, but I guess I'm just, I'm curious what here, here's what I'll say. I don't see that happening again. Like I don't see bells, hells psychic traveling into, you know, Laudna's psychic realm and having a big boss battle at the, you know, I think that was cool and maybe there will still be like some element of that, but that's been done. So I'm curious to see how does dealing with Delilah come to form now? Like, is there some sort of like exorcism that could happen? Does it involve like Laudna turning away from her warlock abilities? Does she have to find a new patron? Um, I I'm just... And I guess I'm repeating myself, but I'm just curious to see like how this shapes up. Maybe, maybe it's something she can't fully be rid of, but that's not like super narratively satisfying. So I would imagine there will be something. 
Um, but more, that's like grand scale Laudna story arc, more small scale. I'm really interested to see if there is a Vecna connection and not, not to say that that voice was Vecna or anything, but we know that that's who Delilah served. And we know that Vecna, along with all the other gods is, you know, priority number one is to stop what's going on here so they can, you know, not be wiped out. So, could there be kind of an enemy of my enemy is my friend? I mean, we know that Laudna intentionally kind of embraced Delilah in that Bordor moment because she knew that like she needed to be powerful for what they were going against. Um, and it seems like she reached out to her on that cliffside for kind of like a similar reason. I'm not saying that like, hey, it's all cool between us now, but like, I think Laudna is clearly willing to make that kind of deal with the devil in a sense of like, help me help my friends and, you know, we'll see where things go. Um, I, I know I'm rambling here, but I guess I'm, I'm interested to see what, ha- what this dynamic looks like in, in the immediate future. And I'm also interested to see how connected Delilah is with Vecna still. Um, I, I don't want to get too in the weeds on stuff in the earlier campaigns or anything, but, um, it's possible at least that maybe she's soured on him or at least does not is not fully devoted to him in the same way that she was like, maybe she's just out for numero uno right now. Or maybe, like I said, since Vecna is going to be kind of on team, let's stop Perdathos. If they are still connected, then maybe there is another, I don't want to say betrayer God because Vecna wasn't a betrayer God, but maybe another alliance with the more evil gods, similar to whatever Fern's got going on with, Asmodeus. Yeah. I know that was a lot. So like, what what are, what are your thoughts? I have like a lot of things to parse there. Um, your most recent comment you just made Delilah potentially being soured on Vecna. I don't, I don't not having seen campaign one and two. I, so you would know better than me. I do know in the episode where they go to Delilah's domain and they fight to save Ladna that Delilah explains to the group, um, if not, if not through Laudna, there's other paths, um, which I'll table that a little bit, but also makes reference to, I think, her master or something to that regard. I think you're right. So if not Vecna, then who? Like, who would that be? Only thing I wonder about. Um, it seems like it would have to be Vecna, but but maybe not. I don't know. No, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it definitely is then. Because I, I don't really have, I don't really have any reasons to think she's soured on Vecna. And last we saw in campaign one she hadn't but yeah you know how many times you're gonna take l's before you decide to try something new i do think and i mentioned it in the discord during the watch party that it it makes sense for delilah to speak up with everyone kind of calling on their champion like to act it makes sense to also have delilah do that for ladna um i do wonder like long term what delilah wants um, cause we know it was mentioned that if Laudna dies, Delilah says, you know, yeah, I have other, there's other pathways for me. It's not just Laudna, but we don't know. And maybe, I don't know if you can speak to it in the first two campaigns. Is she in campaign two at all? No. Okay. So in campaign one, um, I'm just wondering like, what, what is she scheming? And I also even wonder if like that story thread will even get pulled on at any point with just the party heading it seemingly to Ruidus. Um, What's your take on that? Like what, what do you think Delilah's wanting to do? Yeah, I don't know. That's 
that's part of the reason why I wondered about the Vecna connection. And again, I don't think she's soured on Vecna. Like I don't, there's no real evidence for that. And especially you brought up the, the whole master comment that you just referred to. Um, but I guess I just don't know if like, if her goals are necessarily still to like, just serve Vecna. So I'm curious like what her personal goals are. And I think obviously number one is to like come back. So I don't know if that means like taking over Laudna's body um, or if she does have other, other things out there. Cause I do remember your comment where she made it seem like, you know, if Laudna dies, I still have other options. I, I do remember that, but I also feel like I remember early in the campaign you and I like assumed the way Delilah was in Laudna's head. She was probably in a bunch of people's heads, but then I felt like we had something come out to where that we knew that wasn't the case. And like like Laudna was like the only one. Right. Um, So I don't, I don't know entirely how to reconcile those two things. Like, I guess just maybe Laudna could be the only one, but Delilah still has other options. Um, Something else I wanted to talk about with Delilah is um, like, it was another detail I wanted to, hit on while you were sharing earlier yeah when she says no matter who you pray to no matter who you reach for you are and will always be mine and we've talked a lot about like the origins of ladna that was a huge story point um and we talked about like what would it mean for her to even in an early episodes like to be exercised so to speak um they they were in the um starpoint conservatory they read as much I think like a detail about something like that, like someone separating from their patron. So this could be a story point eventually. However, I know you said you didn't think it was a very, wasn't a very uplifting thing, but I, I could definitely see a pathway where ultimately Laudna is irrevocably tied to Delilah. There is no separating the two. Delilah said as much when she, before she fought the party in the, uh, upside down Whitestone. Um, and it does make me wonder if this is kind of a spoilers. Sorry, everybody spoilers, final fantasy 10, knowing that, um, Titus Titus, I don't know which one it is <laughs> knowing that he was a, essentially a dream and would be returning, you know, back to whatever, um, you know, sometimes there's just like, I think tragic ends to characters. And I do wonder if that will happen in some way with Ladna and that, you know, there is no separating the two and, you know, uh, I don't know. I, now I'm rambling a little bit, but, um, it feels weird, I guess, to pause and explore a story thread where it feels like every episode we're continuing to like urge on to this rudest finale, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you in terms of what's the ultimate conclusion to this, and I'm not sure. I I think it's at least possible, like because it's D and D, and you know, I think that's on the table to like quote unquote happy ending in terms of like fully extricating Delilah. Um, but I don't know if it's probable. So. <clears throat> I don't know. I wonder if like if um Laudna is like Delilah's phylactery in a way. Am I saying that what word it, right? Yeah, what an what an interesting 
take. I really yeah, like, like that. That's yeah. The only inch, the only, and obviously there's, it's a D and D game. When Lana came up with her, when Marisha rather came up with her idea for the character, Matt could have, you know, interwoven into the yeah. backstory. That's, that's what DMs do. Um, yeah. So I, it's not worth like, too hard probing there but my my question with that would be like why would delilah mm. randomly pick this girl she murdered and hung to be her phylactery but like there's ways for it to have made sense um you know maybe it was even unintentional to some extent um but anyway i just know that you know it would at least make sense characterization wise that delilah could have been potentially looking into like lichdom as it were and it would make sense for why part of her still is around um but yeah so i don't know if uh, yeah I, just, I like you said with the, like where does the where's the space for this necessarily like you know is it like a post we deal with whatever this Pradathos situation is and now it's like all right now let's go you know try to deal with the lila again or maybe it's bell's hells reunited i don't know it honestly totally could be something like that yeah for sure i do by the way as we were talking about this i do think delilah still works for vecna because keyleth in the previous episode um telling like the history of some things basically says they talk about ascension and she says it's not possible anymore she says have you heard of the whispered one and matt had the detail of the chill going up um Laudna yeah. spine, which could be just like from like trauma, I guess, but I'm willing to bet it was like, hey, you have a connection there mm-hmm. with the whispered one, an active connection. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I probably shouldn't have even brought up the soured things. I think she absolutely is still like hard tethered to Vecna. But yeah, I guess just a better way of put it would have been like, is she still like taking orders from or is that still yeah. her main concern is to do like as Vecna wishes or is she more kind of like rogue and is trying to, you know, focus I, on more so getting herself back to. Well, yeah, I mean, reality. I think if Vecna is I mean, if the if Asmodeus is like laying down arms with like the prime deities, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for Vecna to be like, Hey, no more scheming. Like we're all, <laughs> we're all on board for stopping Pradathos and for, you know, Delilah to be like, this might be interesting if some big worm ate my boss, <laughs> you know, maybe I could, <laughs> maybe I could do my own thing. So I think that's not un- unrealistic what you're saying. It'll, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Like just what comes of these alliances as it were. But yeah, I, I don't know what her, what her ultimate plan is aside from like taking over Laudna's body, which seems to be like, it's never happened. Um, but there's been hints of that, you know, like with when she destroyed the, uh, mm-hmm. the gnarl rock. Is that what it was? Shard of the gnarl rock. Yeah. yeah. And we still don't even, not that something has, not that that's like a Chekhov's gun, but there still really wasn't, you know, we don't know what she did with that. Yeah. And right. there's been twice, I think, maybe more, but Matt's described like the pulsing heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so that seems to allude to me like an attempt to like fully assume control, but I don't mm-hmm. know. All right. Anything else you want to share about 
Delilah? I don't think so. Just very interested to see where that story thread goes. Yeah. Another story thread. Um, FCG's little little bird friend. Um, let me yeah. go back to my notes here. Um, a detail that we didn't bring up in the recap. Uh, when Fern spoke to the the bird or the raven or whatever it is, um, it mentioned its master's name was Gargo. Ring yeah. the bells? No. Okay. I didn't know if this was like a, a callback to someone or something, but interesting. And it is seemingly gone for good, by the way. Yeah. Matt that described it. That was the impression I got, which is kind of sad, honestly. I felt, you know, because here's my, my take on this bird. Is... Oh, I guess the bird was called Gargo, actually. Yeah, I couldn't tell what was going on. The master called it Gargo. Okay, so I got that wrong. Okay. Sorry, continue. No, yeah, because I couldn't parse that either of if the master was named that or the bird was, but it that would make sense if it's what the master called the bird. Um. Oh, yeah, I was just, for my money, especially since the bird made a comment about like how old it was and how it doesn't remember... For me, it makes sense for the bird and the master to be whoever FCG killed in the care and the culling. And like as a last as a last dying breath curse, be that a literal curse or, you know, metaphorically cursed FCG with this undying bird somehow. So like maybe it was like the familiar or something. Yeah. You know, even though it doesn't seem like a familiar, but, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that that at least fills the gaps for me. Obviously, there's still stuff to unpack there. Um, but if if it's not that, then I have no idea what this thing is. That checks out for me. And that was kind of my perception too. Was you know, dying breath. I curse you. Gargo is born, um, and FCG just you know has a buried memory of it. I guess from when he went like full Terminator mode. Yeah. So, okay. Cause we'll pres- it's, it's not related to dancer. Um, right. And dancer, yeah. Dancer didn't make any comment of it. Cause I did wonder if dancer would be like, Hey, the bird that I cursed you with or something. Yeah. But yeah. And so there's nothing else in FCG's past besides the care and the culling that we would know that like somebody would have it out for FCG for now it's entirely possible in those thousands of years that there is other incidents that we just aren't privy to, but yeah. And help me here for our listeners. I think the care and the culling was mentioned by, um, Imahara Joe when he was first looking at FCG and described this event hundreds of years in the past where, um, Aormatons who were presented as gifts and caretakers and what have you, basically like um, Order sixty six, like went went yeah. full murder bot and killed like a bunch of like political rivals. I think that's accurate, right? Yeah, yeah, or, they were like sleeper cells basically that were activated right. to then assassinate, you know, like you said, political yeah. opponents. Or I was you know. thinking Order sixty six. I was like, yeah, they went full Rule thirty four, and then I was like, wait, that's not what that is. <laughs> that's something else. <laughs> It's the wrong one. Abort, abort. <laughs> abort. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we, the only other clue is that, you know, in the in the Odahan 
battle where everyone yeah. died and everyone was kind of having those weird flashbacks in the in the white light. Um, FCG yeah. saw like an old kind face or something. There was some mm-hmm. face, which we still don't know what that was. But my uh, assumption back then was that that might have been whoever FCG was caring for and then potentially assassinated. Uh, so maybe that person is the same person that cursed this bird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because it, I'd, I'd be curious your thoughts here um, in terms of like pacing compared to la- previous campaigns. It Going back to a comment we made earlier, it feels hard to like give room to other story threads because it, it feels not in a negative way. It, it feels like we're just so focused on like this grand scheme of things. Um, and as I was thinking through each individual characters, it doesn't feel like we've had. And I, I guess hindsight's 2020. Cause when I think about um, the Briarwoods, I think of this and having seen legend of Vox Machina, obviously um, Percy's story seems so central uh, yeah. Same with Grog. Grog and um, I can't think of what they're called, but the the barbarian tribe. The feels like a very yeah, very big central story point. I haven't necessarily felt that with these characters lately. I guess in the last maybe twenty or thirty episodes, with the exception of maybe Ashton. Um, do you feel like that's a fair take, or does this feel does I guess does the plot feel like it typically feels like? I'm not even really making much of an insight here other than just like, okay, yeah, we haven't really divin, you know, dove into some of these other details that have come up or have the time to, I guess. I think the, uh, just the nature of critical role, it typically is like arcs that are focused on one character. Like that's typically been like the defining bookends for like a given arc is that we're personally exploring something with somebody's backstory, you know, like Percy was the Briarwood, Scrog was the herd. Um, so I feel like that's still the trend here, but maybe it just feels less like spotlighted as they've kind of evolved when the campaigns have gone on. Cause I would say that I would say the same was true of campaign two. And I think the same is true of this campaign. Just again, maybe to like a less emphasized extent. Like I do feel like we're getting into an Ashton arc. Maybe it won't. I don't know if it'll be full fledged enough to like be considered an arc but we're about to go you know to the shattered teeth and figure out what's going on with this primordial stuff um it feels like we've had a lot of imogen focused arc true, this campaign true. you know yeah. with her being rudest born and her mom and all that stuff um you know to, to a lesser extent chetney recently with uthodern and you know yeah santa claus so I, it still <laughs> feels true to me that that that's continuing in this campaign as it did in prior, but like there definitely are more like in your face examples of it, like Percy and the Briarwoods, you know, yeah. cause that was like not only his story, but also like the main story similar to like Imogen right now in this campaign. Like, Yeah. And I guess I wonder, I have questions for certain characters and I wonder when, and, and part of it, I mean, I trust Matt to, you know, continue the story well, but I wonder how like certain details will get dug into. Like for example, Burns, Burns' parents haven't been a story point in a long time, a long time, maybe 40 episodes. And there's the detail of like the nightmare King and seemingly deleting memories 
from Fern's parents. Not to mention Fern's parents being seemingly younger than Fern. Like that's a whole story thread that I'm like, okay, will we have time for that? Uh, now FCG with this bird, um, you know, I mentioned it earlier with Delilah. Okay, I'm, like, I'm really interested. Where's this going to go with Ladna? But do they have time to pull on that thread? Um, and it's not. It's not. I'm not. It's not a criticism. It's just. It's like an outwardly processing. Um, like I'm very curious in how this compares to previous campaigns. But so yeah, something that's on top of my head, I guess. Yeah, it, it feels similar to me. So I think that like most of your burning questions will probably get addressed in some way or another. That doesn't mean they'll be like fully fleshed out arcs or anything, right. you know, um, like the Fern's parents ones. I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a, there's lots of mystery with Fern still. And so I feel like that'll be explored somewhat, but to get like specific answers to the missing memories and stuff, like we might not ever get that. That might be something like in a campaign wrap up. Somebody has to ask Matt. Cause I feel like we do have kind of like the peripheral information to like make assumptions there. Um, so it might not ever be like so urgent that that's like addressed on screen again. Um, right. But that being said, I think like the kind of overarching entire mystery soup with Fern will definitely get some spotlight. So maybe that'll, you know, help us out. Mystery, some. mystery yeah. soup. Yeah. Good I was going to say time is a weird Fern. soup, but yeah, yeah. We had to, we had to evolve. Okay. Um, um, yeah. What else? Speaking of FCG, kind of, kind of messed up what, what the crew did here with dancer. Yeah. Like, Ooh, I need to write this down for my, for my video <laughs> idea. I'm working um, on find my notes here. Thank you, you know, for that. I don't want to like, I don't want to oversimplify this, but, no, let's let's maybe we should though, because it's very questionable. Yeah, but I just meant like in terms of like the terms I'm gonna use. I'm not trying to be like too overly simplistic, but essentially, FCG caused a lot of trauma for Dancer, and it's a very like almost like abuser abusey type of relationship. And they went at this with absolutely like no grace or or like thoughtfulness in that regard just barge up in lie like don't even you know like lie to get in the door and then cast in a a literal emotionally manipulative spell like to even then have a conversation now i don't know i don't think like malicious foresight went into those decisions necessarily you know not malicious isn't the right word but like it's kind of a mess up thing to do. You know, I think FCG has like a lot of, and I, I do think in, it is intentional characterization to some extent by Sam, of course, like, I don't think it's just obliviousness. Um, so I think this is part of like the growth of FCG, but I did just, you know, it was pretty messed up how they approached all of this and basically manipulated her into helping in a way. Yeah. And I mean, for context, just be as cut and dry as possible. Um, FCG murdered all of Dancer's friends and yeah. and tore off Dancer's arm. Yeah. Like, like murdered all of it. They're all dead. Uh, and not just, we know it wasn't just uh, Dancer's creations. We know that there were other parts of the troop as well. 
Um, I don't remember the exact details uh, on like who else was part of the troop. Isn't that right? Like, wasn't there also some people or like other members or? I thought it was just creations, but I don't know. Okay. Maybe not then. Well, I mean, still, I mean, yeah. I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon that, you know, sentient creatures are, are they're people too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, the whole thing was, vi- and I think they're, they were coming off like the high of the hang gliding a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I think in some ways Matt played dancer a bit too willing, honestly, that, that sounds like a criticism, but I was almost surprised. We know the last time dancer spoke with FCG. Um, and I think this is why I really appreciate you were using the phrasing, even like manipulative. Cause I think it's accurate. The last time they spoke dancer said, don't speak to me ever again. Like don't reach out to me ever again. And they ignored that and showed up at their door. Didn't warm them up first. wasn't like, you know, just like, hi. Um, and then asked, you know, the whole thing was very messed up. It was big. Are we the baddies energy for sure? Um, and I, I, I love that you brought this up, by the way. Yeah, very, very selfish and inconsiderate the way they handled all of it. And uh, to your Matt characterization, um, I mean, I guess it's you got to wonder how much like the calm emotions comes into effect there. Like, obviously, you're not manipulate. Well, you are manipulating their emotions, but it's not like you're charming them and like dictating right. what they do. But I guess it, you know, alleviates some of the panic or like fear that maybe she would have been feeling um but yeah and like totally like what like uh narcissistic like kind of a, a abusive behavior to be like hey you need to forgive me which is like that's not what fcg yeah. said i think fcg even said no, like I you don't have to forgive me but like the still the dynamic of like being like i can't move on till you like you know give I, me the okay I thought it was kind of forceful like yeah, yeah. i mean I mean, there comes a point where like you respect the other person's wishes and you settle it yourself, which is why I, I love that Matt also wasn't like, okay, I do. Yeah. I will say the fact that dancers being so forthcoming, I don't know if you thought this at all, but I actually wondered if dancers planning a backstab of some kind, like, yeah, sure. I'll help you. Yeah. Let's go to boss Ross where my hometown. And by the way, where you're hated and <laughs> let's go back there. Yeah. Why not? Um, we know she has an ally, uh, the other uh, shop owner or something. Um, if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember name. their name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see a situation playing out where they get there and they're like, you know, thanks, Imahara Joe. And then, you know, she flips a switch to like turn on kill mode of FCG. And it's like, y'all deal with them. Good luck. And then like pieces out or something. I don't know what, but I did wonder if maybe dancers planning something. Um, so I could definitely see like a contingency plan or maybe even like a, an escape plan as it were. I'm less inclined to think there's like a, like I'm going to mess you guys up all type of plan. Uh, but I think it's totally possible. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, do we know how long calm emotions last? Like, I wonder if it wore off. I think an yet. hour. Let's see. And I wonder if anything will really change once that wears off. Oh, one minute. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> okay. Off. 
Well, in that yeah, case, so. I guess there won't be some like dramatic shift. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that once their their business is done here with the harness, that this is probably the last we're going to see of Dancer this campaign. Like, I don't, I don't see this coming back for a round three of trying to make things right. Yeah. So, and the, with that being the case, and also this is just, obviously there's this instance where FCG is kind of messed up. Um, but one thing people have been talking about recently, like in the discord and stuff is kind of FCG's like, I don't know, zealotry, if you will, for like the newfound, religiousness you know like kind of coming off in an abrasive way at times and like at the table it's kind of like sort of like a joke you know but like in character in world like fcg has like gone from zero to a hundred in terms of like you know believing in all this and he has good reason to i mean he's literally spoken with the deity but you know trying to make everyone else get on board you know I, i just think that there's been a lot of like low emotional intelligence with FCG, which all makes sense for his character, honestly, in this, this kind of arc that he's been on from the beginning, but with the dancer chapter, presumably closed with no real growth. If we can say that, I wonder what it's going to be that kind of makes FCG kind of like have this introspection and, you know, like has these growth moments if, I mean, but I guess, there's no guarantee that that will happen, but you would like to think that, you know, there will be some, some growth. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Low EQ for sure. Um, I haven't fully read it as like abrasive in the sense of I've read it more as like Sam. uh, And this has been a little bit of a criticism that people have had, like Sam kind of being like, Hey, like we kind of need to have this conversation about the gods. Like, like, what are we doing? Um, cause it has been like, so back and forth. So I appreciated that. I think a couple episodes ago, yeah. I will say, I definitely felt that though in this episode when they were at the area, Irie and, uh, FCG started to ask, um, Ashton about, it was almost like, so are you, are you like pro Titan now? Like, you know, what would it take for you to be pro God or yeah. something like that? I, I can't remember what the phrasing was. And it was a little, um, <laughs> Ashton's like, I'm good, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he's just been kind of pushy. And there is like an yeah. above the table kind of yeah. meta to it where like I, I'm on board with you too. like the group needed to kind of like sit down and like, hey, like, what really are we good. actually yeah. doing here? Yeah. And I, too, appreciate Sam for kind of like making those moments happen. But then like if we remove ourselves from above the table and just go like purely yeah. in character, FCG has yeah. like often been very like pushy. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, not to just circle back around, but yeah, I think it just speaks to the low EQ, like you it said. Is low and- EQ, yeah. And it's, it is interesting that the character who is objectively the oldest, uh, is in some ways a, a bit like a child, honestly. Um, it's been interesting to see his character develop, uh, Sam's character develop over the campaign from, um, self-proclaiming to be, um, so, not soulless, but like not like people and then sort of discovering their humanity for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And then it's like being born 
and then like now is a child like is has like this low emotional i mean a lot of adults miss it too but um (laughs) it is very interesting i'm really wondering where their end destination will be once the story's all said and done yeah and uh obviously having issues with what they did to dancer and some of the other qualities like i'm not of course i'm not co-signing that that's a good thing to do i will say that the character sam has crafted is fascinating like you just said like this that whole journey especially like being a therapy robot that is like in tune with others emotions and has empathetic links like literally um kind of could like miss the mark so badly on these types of things i think that's like a a fascinating like character arc to explore in sam's case Um, It, it is a bit interesting this character who, when they first met Otahan, offered to provide therapy to Otahan, to now seeing the woman that he traumatized and maimed and almost having no thought of that whatsoever. Yeah, um, too close to it, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Huge blind spot for sure. So. Yeah, just super interesting. Um, so I've I really fascinating character arc so yeah i i especially like i just said with presumably the dancer door closed i'm just curious what what kind of like inciting incidents are going to cause growth there mm-hmm. just looking at my notes um i loved Orem's uh visit to will and derrick's um so good man graves. <clears throat> it's a beautiful scene i mean it was classic sad boy Liam <laughs> it's just really good. well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, so I'm looking through my notes really quick as well. So we're headed to, to Imahar Joe, which yeah. I, it's probably not fair to say this, but that to me kind of confirms that it was D not dancer that they were being pointed to because dancer may still ultimately be the one to help them. And so I guess you could argue that, no, it was dancer. Cause look, here they are. But since they have to go see Joe, it would just be so funny if Joe is like, you need to go talk to, <laughs> you need to go talk to D. Uh, Unless dancer was just saying that to get them back to her hometown. Cause she needed to get some tools, you know, to, well, true. Know. Well, but in that case, then it, it was oh, the yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Even more correct. Right. Uh, and I, I really don't see Matt like. In my mind, it was definitely D like you won't like I'm a, you won't convince me otherwise, even if dancer solves this problem for them. So I don't think Matt is going to like be, you know, draw a line in the sand and be like, no, you have to go see D now. Like, I think he'll, for the sake of the campaign and keeping things moving, he can solve this problem for them with Imahara yeah. Joe and dancer. Um, but I really was, I'm excited and want to see D. I want to learn more about, you know, yeah. all of that. Right. So I hope they still do ultimately get pointed toward D, but I don't really see that happening for the reasons I just said. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming we're we're probably going to get the harness fixed, which I don't know what like what are they even going to do with it? They want to they said they want to use it to like super soak or sorry, suck up uh like titan like see what kind of primordial 
energies they can they can use in the shattered teeth. Okay, so presumably like, one okay, of them is gonna like don this thing. I guess, yeah. But I mean, they were like, okay, Ludinus obviously used this. Let's go to the shattered teeth, and we already need to like get a. We already need to like use the power of the primordials. Like maybe this is the best way to do it. Well, it's got to be so, Ashton then, right? Like presumably, like you would think. Yeah. yeah that'll think so, yeah. that'll be interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting is if uh Chetney attacks Keyleth. I know. You think he will? He it's seems such... full Travis seems fully embracing. Like there wasn't even a role for a wisdom saving throw. He just was like like, oh, okay, okay. You know, just full well, on like I don't think it's tried to take him over yet. True. True. But I think but that role could still happen. He could have been straight man uh Ashton though, or uh um Talison, where Talison from the get-go was like, I don't trust it. What's going on here? Like yeah. Chenny could have easily played it that way, but didn't. Instead oh, yeah. was like, you know, like I said, embracing the chaos of it. Um but I do think it's funny that like the party like is full blown like we know it's evil. <laughs> like <laughs> put it down. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, I think it totally makes sense for Chetney's character to at least flirt with it in this way. Cause Chetney's a wild man, you know? Um, but I, I think ultimately we know Chetney in some ways is just a big softy. And I don't think he, I don't think he would ultimately make that decision. Now, if he gets charmed, obviously that's a whole different story. So while I don't think Chetney would ultimately give in, I do think Travis wants to press the red button. So yes. it'll it'll be interesting to see like who wins there. Yeah. Um. So I think it might come down to if he continues to play with it, yeah. then it might come down to make that wisdom saving throw, and then you know he may not have a choice after that. Yeah. Which what happens? Because Keyleth is healed now. She's not going to get one shot. There's no way. Right. So like he attacks her once the charm would then break because if you attack an ally, it breaks. Then what? You know, they, they're they not going to like she's not going to kill him, probably. And so like, then is it just really funny, chaotic moment? And then it's like, OK, we got to deal with this sword right now. Like, I don't really see anything else happening at this point unless unless this is like a really long con and there's like some epic lewdness final battle that Keyleth's at and then the strike happens at a at a point where she maybe could be killed by it that's where my mind went to is like they're going back to Bosros. that's where the paragon's call is based that's where Adahan is based originally could they get into a battle with Adahan and Keyleth is downed and Grasschar's like now is the time now's our chance yeah yeah I mean because that, that was my original fear back when Keyleth was on the brink before they got her healed. Right. Uh, but now that she's been healed, yeah, I really don't see anything yeah. major happening unless it's something like yeah. you just described. Yeah. Which I don't really see a big battle that Keyleth is a part of happening anytime soon. But again, like you said, maybe they get ambushed or something. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I mean, like I said, they the last time they flew near Bosseros, they were immediately the skyship was immediately attacked. So the city is presumably controlled by the Maybe not, presumably. There's there's a presence there. Um, I'm so trying to remember know. the skyship part. The last thing I remember is I when they left Basaros on a skyship. Is that what you're talking about, or was there another time? No, I think they like passed by it at some point. And like, maybe when they were heading to the excavation site or Eos, 
and um they were like shot at or fired at or something i think i don't remember i could be wrong so anyway well episode number 70 uh coming up in just a couple of days the last one of the month and then next week's candela obscura chapter two with our man brendan lee mulligan who just did a 30 minute interview on it by the way i haven't watched it yet but I, i saw that did you watch it yeah not yet so i um yeah i'm I'm excited for that i uh i'm gonna be out of town when that airs but i still might be able to watch it um but yeah episode 70 the episode before a a long break as it were so i wonder if we'll be hit with any painful cliffhangers presumably they go to basterus and i'm assuming they, they aren't there very long like the harness situation is resolved and then boom to the shattered teeth because Keyleth wants to get on her way as well. So I'm assuming the majority of next episode might be shattered teeth. I think Matt probably has Keyleth there to, to get the story. Not, not that it's like dragging, but in the sense of like without Keyleth, they could very easily like, all right, we're in boss Ross. Let's, we got to spend a day waiting on the staff again. Yeah. Like, let's go shopping. Like I assume Matt's like, uh, Keyleth is there. Like, I want to eventually get you to the shattered teeth and then I will, you know, goodbye. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. I don't think they spend too much time in Basros. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I, we, we already talked about this in our last episode and I know we're winding up here, so I won't dive into it again, but I'm just very interested to see everything in the shattered teeth with this primordial yeah. energy. That's just soaked yeah. there and the tree of atrophy and Ashton. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Let us know what you guys are excited for. Um, you can check out, uh, obviously, the comments of this video, but more importantly, the Discord. You're welcome to join our discussion. Everybody's welcome, whether you're a, a new critter or a seasoned one. Um, we take them all. So true. Um, other than that, thank you guys for watching today. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward yeah, intros and outros. <laughs> That's our brand. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Bye, y'all.